the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Robert Graham sitting in for Seth Leibson, and we have touched it, right? We've touched on the economy, a lot of the foreign affair dynamics that are happening in this world, and really the poor leadership that we have, the rudderless country that we have right now under the Biden administration and some of his cronies and those folks that are spreading the ill will, but they're doing nothing for America and American people. The whole America First initiative, when we talk about that, think about the words, America First. It's overused in so many places, but we have to think about what it means. It's giving all of us the opportunity to have the best possible outcome as Americans. This is our nation. We should be doing what's in the best interest of our nation and our people. And joining us right now is a great man named... Jim Lehman, and he's running for U.S. Senate here in Arizona. Jim, thanks for joining us. Hey, Robert. Uh, beautiful Arizona evening it is. Oh, man, it, it is that time of year, and it's finally cooling off a little bit. Uh, before you came on and before the break, I was bragging about your accomplishments with DEPCOM and the com- company, but you've been a leader within the private sector, and you've been a leader within a number of initiatives. You've been a giver, somebody that gives and helps people get a leg up so they can have great outcomes. Again, talking about DEPCOM and you leading, doing it without any debt, growing a billion-dollar company, multiple and then having 22% of your employees being veterans and, and helping them through some really hard times when they, when they crash into something. And then now you're saying, hey, enough's enough. Somebody's got to get in there and lead and, and protect our country. So when you think about the U.S. Senate, I mean, you, you gotta, you're a person that leans into a fight and you do it with urgency. So what's the, what's the plan here? You're running for Senate. Tell us a little bit about you and why you're running for Senate. Robert, thank you. Uh, you know, it's a humble beginning. So I look at our country and say, hey, I was <clears throat> given the opportunity to live this uh, great American dream and you know, be able to, to work hard and to achieve. And I'm very concerned about the roadblocks uh, that are being put in the way by a lot of the Marxist influence uh, in our country. I just I want to see that American dream available for our children and, and grandchildren and not see such a uh, a left-leaning agenda. I mean, we've the world's tried that, right? Uh, in uh, communist uh, portions of Eastern Europe and Venezuela, uh, that's just not what this country uh, is about. Uh, I'm a fighter. Uh, I stand up. Uh, I want to make sure that those who are paying the taxes and those who are working hard uh, in this country are, are put first, as you described, uh, in America first. Yeah. Uh, no debt. Uh, this company was built on it. It's hard. <laughs> it's not the easy route, uh, but it's what we've got to get uh, back to in this country because that debt and all those twenty-eight trillions uh, that we owe are are are, are due, and they're going to come back to us, uh, kids and grandkids. We cannot put that burden on them. And we've got to start uh, getting the government out of our face uh, and and cutting back on those agencies, uh, getting to energy dominance. Uh, in our country, uh, bringing manufacturing back by level, leveling the playing field against uh, communist China. 
Well, we saw that with Trump, right? So Trump started getting manufacturing back. He he dug in with the USMCA and trying to make sure that we had as much manufacturing as we could keep here. And then we saw with energy, energy dominance, he was saying, hey, look, you know, we've got this. We've got more capacity to be energy independent than people think. And he was putting everything in place, including the pipelines and other things. And then it just stopped abruptly. And now it, uh, you probably heard the news and where Biden's actually citing OPEC as a reason why our supply and our pricing is going up and such. And you have a background with energy overall, like every aspects of energy. And so talk a little bit about that, what's happening with this energy and our prices going up. I mean, what do you think is really causing that? You're Robert, uh, well-grounded in the uh, energy field, uh, having been in the power industry uh, all of my life. And I just look at uh, this bountiful energy blessing that we've got uh, in this country. As you mentioned on uh, President Trump, he had allowed uh, American ingenuity to flourish by drilling for beautiful, clean natural gas. Uh, and that has uh, been put uh very much restricted uh, in the Biden administration. They even laugh at the soaring uh, gas prices. Uh, those are directly applicable uh, to uh, attacks on our people. Those are the hardworking Americans that go to work every day and got to fuel up that truck and that car. Uh, look at heating fuel. Uh, that's that's just about to hit the country, uh, not so much, of course, in Arizona, but many parts when they begin to heat their homes on uh, this, this winter. Uh, those prices that are being paid, there's absolutely no reason for it. They do it under the guise of climate uh, change and trying to uh, positively impact. But what they don't uh, bring forward and tell you is that when they're allowing China to dominate in the manufacturing place, then that's one of the dirtiest places on the planet to do manufacturing. Uh, that's one of the worst places uh, to process minerals uh do it here in the u.s where we can do it cleanly from an energy uh, perspective uh, we are so blessed and and to see this uh, guys of trying to do it under something other than what it is and that is just a big tax on the american people uh it's they changed it the wrong way in six months give me six months in the u.s senate and you'll see it back to where it should be for the american people so that this is a good point and this is something i talked about going into break as well is Jim, you're you're present, okay? When you are in a room, when you're having debate, discussion, you're trying to push an initiative, whatever. You're very present. So here you go. You go to Washington D.C. and you're one of a hundred senators. Get elected. You're gonna do it. Now you got to shake it up. How do you shake it up? How do you get people's attention? How do you get your initiatives to to move forward in the Senate? We see uh, Joe Manchin and uh, Kirsten Sinema having leverage, given that evenly divided Senate. Uh, Republican side, uh, we have great opportunities. Uh, I will win here in uh, Arizona against Mark Kelly, who's moved way too far to the left uh, for Arizona. And you've got the opportunities, of course, in uh, Georgia uh, and Nevada. So that leverage, having that 51st or 52nd vote uh, in the Senate, as I will uh, from Arizona, going to leverage that hard. You know, I'm a business guy, not a politician. Uh, I don't play cutesy, Robert. Uh, this is our country uh, that's at stake. Uh, I'm a fighter. Uh, I'm one who, uh, who who knows how to get into the arena and win and to do it, again, for the great taxpayers and, and workers uh, here in Arizona. Yes. Uh, I will bring a staff that's somewhat, uh, from what I've seen in Washington, unusual. 
And that is, for each of our policies, border control, taxes, uh, water, uh, forest management, education, I'm bringing a policy expert that understands the issues deep and wide here in Arizona and our country to be on staff, to attend all of the committee meetings, all of the hearings, put forward all of the evidence on what we need here in Arizona. We're going to be an extremely active, business-like group in Washington. We're not going to sit back and let it come to us. We're going to take it to the other uh, senators that need to sit up and listen to what Arizona needs. See, a lot of people are listening right now, and I think this is music to their ears because we want Republicans to take initiative, not to be defensive, but to lean into it, to to control the narrative and to direct the narrative and to direct the initiatives. And so I think a lot of people are saying, man, this this is this is awesome music to our ears in so many different ways. The other thing you mentioned in there was the border control, right? You've been you've been endorsed by the U.S. Border Patrol unions and other law enforcement organizations as the guy. I mean, you've got somebody running against you, supposed to be the chief chief law enforcement guy, and you're getting the, all the law enforcement support here. What do you think? that? Why Why is that? Why? What is it that you are saying and you intend to do that you're getting all the support? Yeah, Robert, uh, the National Border Patrol Council, all 21,000 members, plus Brandon Judd as their leadership, they interviewed all the candidates, including, of course, uh, Mark Kelly. And they came away unanimous in their decision uh, to endorse the Lehman campaign. The additional part of this is their earliest uh, endorsement. Uh, they are absolutely livid at the invasion that's going on in our country that uh, Mark Kelly is aiding and abetting. And also that Mark Brnovich has done nothing to stop uh, as well. And they are said, hey, we want a fighter. We want someone who believes in this country that will push hard for the remain in Mexico policy that President Trump had. Complete the 124 miles of the wall. Make mandatory E-Verify, as we do in my company, of 1,700 people. And also to end sanctuary cities, which is absolutely anti-American. Those are the kind of things that we discussed and that I firmly uh, believe in. Uh, Arizona Police Association, Robert. Yep, I know. Uh, 50 agencies, the top 50 agencies, unanimous in their endorsement of Jim Lehman for Senate, never happened before, never this early either. They're concerned. Their morale is down. Their membership's down. We all in Arizona want safe streets. I'm going to be a big backer to make sure that happens. Well, you've done it. You know, you, you're an action-oriented guy, and you push hard for it. Again, Jim, we are just wrapping up right now this segment. They can find you at jimlayman.com, L-A-M-O-N.com. And um, and so I really appreciate you being here, and keep fighting. Fight hard, and, um, and I'm sure people are going to get excited about you as they learn more and more about you. Thanks, Jim, for coming on. Thank you, Robert. We're seeing record crowds. You guys, come on out, participate. We have a country to save. Amen. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Robert Graham. You're listening to 960 The Patriot. We just had Jim Lehman for Senate on, and he talked about his America First approach as a scrapper, right, as a great protector to go out there and to fight hard and to lean into it, to control the narrative, to work the narrative, to do it. You know, we have so many Republicans that sit idly by and they do not control the narrative. It's like, look, somebody calls you a racist and then you go out and defend yourself. That has been the narrative in so many ways. 
in D.C. They call you some name and you go out and defend yourself. Well, the reality is, is if you bring jobs, opportunity, prosperity and safety to Americans, guess what happens? They recognize you for doing something that's improving their life. Right. And if you have a temperament that is one that, hey, if somebody gets in your face, you push back. People like that. It's refreshing. You know, when Trump ran in 2016, one of the number one things I heard from people was they believed him. They, he was finally saying things that they wanted their elected people to say, right? The second campaign, he was working so hard. I mean, he'd been beat to death for about six years, his family and everything, drugged through the mud, and he couldn't get off the Biden train, you know, pounding on Biden. It was easy to do that. But it was one of these things where he he just he we wanted to hear more of what he was doing for America, even though every day. He's been working for us. Everybody was grinding and stuff like that. And they miss that visceral, like, go get it, Trump. Get it done for us. And the promises that came out of his mouth, we all believed. And he did it, right? We missed that in 2020. And then again, all the crazy stuff with the lack of transparency with the elections and all this, it just makes people sick. Okay. And then now you see Biden makes a promise and lies, makes a promise and lies. And then you see what's happening on the border. That was one of the things that Jim talked about was this whole notion of border control. That word, those two words do not work well together in the state of the union that we have right now. Okay. I've got this interview queued up. With Ted Cruz, where he's challenging the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas. If you just listen to this, it's just your head's going to explode a little bit. But just the, the sheer numbers, you need to really understand. If you are not in a border state as we are, it's hard to comprehend, okay, to really believe the numbers and see this. But listen to this interview, and, um, and you'll just be pretty amazed here. I'm going to play some of it. I won't play all of it. True or false, under President Trump, we saw the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. Um, I don't know if it's uh, within 45 years, but we certainly saw in 2020 uh, a low level uh, of illegal immigration. 2019. uh, Okay. True true or false, Secretary Marcus, this year under Joe Biden, we've seen the highest rate of illegal immigration in 61 years. Again, I don't know the number of years, but it's certainly a historic high, Senator. So you're right, it's broken, but you broke it. Let me ask you, in the calendar year 2021, how many illegal immigrants do you expect to have crossed illegally into the United States? I believe the, um, the total number of encounters, has been referenced in this hearing earlier, is um, uh, approximately just under 1.7 million. But there's two months remaining. Is it correct that you project over 2 million illegal immigrants in 2021, calendar year 2021? I believe that is correct, Senator. And over the last three months, we've seen a drop in the numbers by reason. And and how many children do you project in 2021? I'm sorry? How many children will have crossed illegally in 2021? Um, I believe that thus far through October 31st, uh, Senator, approximately 125,000 unaccompanied children have been transferred uh, to the shelter and care of Health and Human Services. Now, you told another senator you don't know how many gotaways there have been? Uh, I will have to circle back, uh, Senator, with that information. Yes. So that wasn't a fact that, that you thought was relevant to this hearing? Oh, it is um, uh, absolutely uh, uh, relevant. I, I understand why the question is posed. It's a fact of great... Okay, you're, but you're not prepared to answer it. How about this? How many deaths, how many illegal aliens have died crossing illegally into the United States 
under Joe Biden's administration. I don't have that data. So the, so the deaths, you didn't prepare that data either. All right, how about this? How many children have been in the Biden cages in calendar year 2021? Um, uh, Senator, I uh, respectfully disagree with um, your use of uh, the term cages. Fine, you can disagree with it. How many children have been in the Biden cages? I've been to the Biden cages. I've seen the Biden cages. How many children have you detained at the Donna Tent facility in the cages you built told kids? How many children have been in those cages? Uh, uh, Senator, I can uh, uh, provide to you the following uh, figure that um, when, and let me, let me say, that when a child... I, I don't... I, I, it's a simple question. How many children have been in those cages? Uh, I, I respectfully am not familiar with the term cages and to what you are referring. There are... Enclosures in which they are locked in, in which I took photographs and put them out because you blocked the press and didn't want people to see the Biden cages. These secure facilities in which they are locked down in Donna, that uh, those facilities, how many children have been in them? Senator, there are three types of facilities. There's the, the Donna tent cages, the, the Donna tent city. Let's take the Donna facility. How many children have been there? That is a soft-sided facility. It is not a... Okay, are you going to answer the question, how many children have been in that facility? I, I will have to circle back with you with the precise number. Oh, by the way, here's a photograph of the Biden cages. So I'm going to stop, okay? This is, this is where the Biden administration has trouble with the truth or the facts. And you see him, he kept trying to steer away from it. He tried to peddle some soft-sided uh, experience or try to talk about oh, something completely different than what he was being asked. And if you see the picture that Ted Cruz is putting up, it's a cage, right? They were hammering on Donald Trump for this. Where the heck is the media now? Oh, they wouldn't let the media in to report this, right? So the senator was in there, and he took pictures, and he did this, but the media hasn't had access to it, but they probably wouldn't report it anyways. But remember that these establishments were set up under the Obama administration, and they were facilitated like this. Now, let me just put one little caveat on this. 1.7 million people have crossed this border illegally that they have had what he defined as an encounter. So they've arrested these people. They've done whatever they're going to do with these individuals. 1.7, they expect over 2 million people. We do not have the infrastructure to accommodate these people, period. Okay? Now, I'm not talking about the infrastructure here in Phoenix. I'm talking about the infrastructure at the border to be humane, to do this, how do you take care of people without spending billions and billions? Look, they're transporting people all over the country, dumping them in hotels. There's this discussion that got yanked out of that bill, that $1.2 trillion bill, where they wanted to give people over $400,000 for being an illegal person coming over the border. Oh, you're so sorry. Here's, here's half a million dollars to get your life started in the United States. How many of you listening to this would love that gift? By the way, that is your taxpayer dollars coupled with debt, okay, that they want to hand out. It didn't get passed, thank goodness. It got stripped out of that bill. But this is the kind of remarkable craziness that we're facing now. I use the word remarkable. My wife said to me the other day, I kind of finally figured out what you mean by that word remarkable. It is astounding. It stands out, right? It stands out good or bad. Things that stand out and catch your attention are remarkable. Hey, did you see that, Bill? This is the thing. We're going to talk about it. 
this is the kind of craziness that's happening within leadership in Washington, D.C., and it's starting. The genesis is in the White House. I would love to say in the brain of Joe Biden, but I don't think it functions well enough to do this. Are these advisors and the people around him? Hey, we come back, we'll shake it up just a little bit more, and we'll touch on more of these crazy things. Welcome back, everybody. This is Robert Graham, and you're listening to 960 The Patriot. And we just heard Ted Cruz just annihilate the Homeland Secretary. Look, we are in a situation where it is what it is. All of these policies and these things that the Biden administration, I was trying to pick my words uh, in talking about this. I get so angry when you start looking at this and I think about people that I actually respect and I care for in my life that didn't vote for Donald Trump and voted for Biden again, purely because of his personality. And it just makes me feel sick. Maybe people can think, Oh man, this guy's going to be better and nicer person whatever. And if that's really your motivation, you should be feeling it now. But when I think about 125,000 unaccompanied minors, I did a lot of work in Haiti. I, for about 11 years, I spent going, back and forth to Haiti. My family, my father-in-law started kind of an initiative down there and, and and with supporting a charity that had been there quite a long time called Healing Hands for Haiti. And our family got involved and my father-in-law um, had a great outcome with one of his businesses and wanted to give back. And this is a place with 65% on, uh, unemployment down there. The illiteracy is super high. It's the poorest nation in the Western Hemisphere. And Haitians have just had a hard time. So we get down there and we start doing some great stuff. It was a prosthetic clinic and then it turned into occupational therapy, physical therapy, and much, much more, even to the point where there was a hospital built that is the first rehabilitation hospital in the Caribbean. So it's cool stuff. And I just learned to love. I watched these young people that we served in these orphanages. I grew up with them, right? I spent the time. I watched them go from toddlers to young men and young women. And most of them were mentally or physically disabled. And I just fell in love with the people. Then when I see the thousands and thousands of people coming across our borders in Texas, I'm stunned because I don't know how the Haitians have the capabilities financially or what have you to do it. So I keep thinking that there's there's more to this. There's some drive. I mean, we all talk about how... You know, everybody want the, the Democrats want all these folks to come in and to get voter cards and do it. It may be the case, whatever. But the reality is Jim Lehman used the word invasion. It's an invasion. Right. And so a lot of people have been propagated to do this. And even our president, Biden, propagated the people by saying, look, at this this draconian measures are over. Come on, you know, do his things. He, he makes these invitations. They're backhanded, soft as subtle invitations, but the people of the world hear this and they come because I think the doors are wide open, which they have been. Two million people by the end of this year that the quote they have an encounter with. But then you look and you start thinking about this whole relationship with the truth. It's not there. So I would love to say that there's bodies of individuals or people that have a relationship with the truth and they're not willing and they are willing to share it and to be very fact factual and everything. One of the people that I had the hardest time with with the investigation impeachment process with Donald Trump was Adam Schiff. He's a chairman of the Intel Committee, and this guy has a big blabber mouth, and he just loved to be in front of the media all he could. So here's a headline here. Um, Schiff, I don't regret pushing the investigated uh, to investigate claims in the Steele dossier that turned out to be lies. This is on Meet the Press with Chuck Dodd, and I just want to play some of this so you guys can hear him. And Chuck Dodd does a good job cornering him, and you see these clips from Schiff. 
They just are okay with lies. They can justify the lies. Listen to this. Pre- a sound that you had on the Steele dossier over the years. Take a listen. According to Christopher Steele, a British, a former British intelligence officer who is reportedly held in high regard by U.S. intelligence. When you look at just what has become public, uh, some of the public information is very much in line with what is reported in that dossier. The most significant thing to me is that Christopher Steele may have found out, even before our own intelligence agencies, that the Russians were in fact aiming to help Donald Trump in the election. As chair of the House Intelligence Committee, do you regret giving some credibility to the Steele dossier before anybody had been able to verify anything in that? A lot of those clips were done before there was any good verification. Look, there's some news organizations that made the mistake of publishing this dossier without verifying it. That's a separate conversation with those news organizations. But you helped give it credibility. Do you regret it? I don't regret saying that we should investigate claims of someone who, frankly, was a well-respected British intelligence uh, officer. Uh, and we couldn't have known, of course, years ago. So he goes on to say, we couldn't have known years ago that one of his main sources was a liar. Okay, that's what Chuck Todd was getting to. Wouldn't you just like to verify this and investigate a little bit more to make sure that when you go to hammer on somebody, like he did every single minute of every day with a a bag of poo, you know, I'm trying to measure my words again, and with facts that didn't exist. This just goes to show you the reason why I'm bringing this up right now is because we're going to transition to some of the polling that's coming up. And you've got to understand that the American people are done with the lies and the misinformation and the bad leadership. So stay tuned. You're going to hear the polls. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Robert Graham, and I am sitting in for Seth Leaps. And if you're just joining us, we've touched about everything again. And uh, shaking it up, you just heard a, if you were listening in, you just heard an interview with Chuck Dodd from Meet the Press. NBC sticking it to Adam Schiff, quite honestly. It's refreshing to see even the left media kind of push back and do what they're doing. Let me tell you what's happening, though. And the reason why the media is doing things like this, it's because of the polling numbers. Okay, so Donald Trump was a target by the media because he basically hated the media. They didn't like him very much. There were some that were actually, I think, could have been a little bit more aligned with him. But he just went after everybody with the hammer, right? And just said, hey, fake news and whatever. And he called them out when it was appropriate to call them out. What have you. But when you have a beast of the media like this coming after you, it's hard to catch a breath or ever get out in front of it. So it's tough. So the Democrats have always had the media kind of working with them and doing things. But remember that when you start thinking about the media, it's about uh, ratings and it's about people's viewership and it's about a whole bunch of stuff. So if you start saying things that the, the public's not going to agree with in mass, they're going to bail on your show and go to somebody else. Okay. So now what's happening is if you start looking at the polling and if people don't think this works this way, I'd love to discuss that with you. But the reality is when you start getting into the latest polls and you start thinking about what's happening, Look, look at the, the, the lack of support the president had on his robust bill, right? He should have been able to try to jam that through. He could have gotten a couple squishy Republicans that turned they got 13 of them on the 1.2 trillion, but he could have get a couple and he could have ramrodded that through, but he didn't get Democrat support. Kirsten Cinema here in the state was one that was a very vocal opponent to that great big bill and tried and did what she could to stop it and whatever. He refined it, got it to where it is right now. 
But the reality is, is the Democrats started banning ship. And same thing happens to Republicans. If you see a president that falls below 50 percent in approval, then you start to see your party go, "Hmm, maybe I shouldn't be so close to that individual. Maybe I shouldn't do it. And you saw that with Trump, where his numbers were tipping just under 50 percent and stuff. You saw people backing away. And again, I think spineless is one of the first things I think. But people, again, they're political people. They're trying to keep their jobs and be elected and whatever. It's just bleh. It is what it is. But if you look at uh, President Biden's approval ratings or lack of approval, he's at uh, the Rasmussen report that came out uh, today, 41%, uh, 57 disapprove, 41 approve. If you look at the direction of the country, right direction, people say 33%, wrong direction, 64%. You look at uh, ABC did a poll, and it has them at 38% approval, right? And you started going, um, check this one out. So this was done on Saturday, but the Trump versus Biden in Iowa, if they were to run against each other, Trump beats them by 11 points. Yeah, very different than it was in 2020, right? It was neck and neck, and, and it was what it was. But the reality is is that people are waking up, right? They're starting to see. See, if you if you ease into something and you slowly cook them, you know, you hear about that. Um, we hear this story all the time. If you take a frog and you throw it in boiling water, what happens? It jumps out of the boiling water, right? But if you put the frog... And in just room temperature and you heat it up over time, you end up cooking the frog. And so you see these political parties that will do the cooking strategy when they do the boil and you throw it in and, and people reject it. That's exactly what's happening right now with the Biden administration from the whole transgender Olympic athletic thing. You know, like one of the first initiatives that they they put in place, which. Okay, what what percentage of our population is that impact? Like 0.3 percent, right? And then to where we are today with these draconian measures, with the with the horrible, wimpy foreign policy. Actually, there's no foreign policy in place. And you see these, and then you see what's happening in our supply chain. You see what's happening, the cost of living, all these things happening right away. Look, this guy hasn't even been a president of the United States for one year. I I just I can't even imagine what he's going to stay in the State of the Nation address or the State of the Union. My our heads will just be like, what? You know, there'll be this fictitious spitting of some kind of facts. But the reality is, as American people, we know. So this is happening. The other thing that shifted is when you start looking at the congressional races and such, and you see these congressional votes and you say, okay, 51% support Republicans, 38% Democrats. Okay, so again, this is the guiding of the ship. So this is the wind blowing and people start to feel it. So you'll start to see Democrats becoming more moderate. They'll move away from the progressive crazy left and they'll start to do it. Look at look at Washington, D.C. What did the mayor of Washington, D.C. do? They just came out and they said, hey, the mask mandates were done. Even in our government buildings, we're not going to push it anymore. And this is a problem because the White House is still mandating it. But when you see the liberal mayor of Washington, D.C., who's been just crazy with the mandates, they're lifting it. It's not because of anything but the public pressure. I'm telling you, it's what it is. Okay, so if it's the science argument that you keep hearing, then people would still be masking up. Right. They'd be pushing it. But the reality of it is, is that they're starting to see it flatten out. Even with the spikes here and there with the COVID, but you're starting to see that the public pressure is just destroying any chance for these folks to get reelected or to maintain power or to even be considered as an authoritative position because they're getting there. I mean, when you have faith based organizations 
that actually start chanting, um, let's go, Brandon. Something's going on, okay? Because we understand the underlying message there. And if you don't look it up, okay, the let's go, Brandon thing and where it came from, I don't really want to say it on, on the air, but the reality is when you have a church that starts, big mega church starts chanting this, there is a problem in the United States. When you have sporting events, NASCAR events, all these things, people are doing this. The reality is, is that they're displeased with leadership and it's that rudder, rudderless. They want direction. They want guidance. They want somebody to lean in. Like, like Jim Lehman was saying, even Matt Salmon was saying, other people have said, you know, we're going to go there and put up our dukes and we're going to fight. People want that. It's refreshing as we get engaged in this entire process. But you go on and on and on. So when you look at this, you saw what happened in Virginia. It was a mandate. I mean, if you look at a map of voting in red versus blue, almost the entire state is red. Okay, It's almost like that. But the population hubs even were leaning purple. And that's why we won is because people are just tired of the government telling us what to do. And that's what you get, okay? So, again, a balance is healthy. But right now, you've got this progressive left just jamming us everywhere in these agencies. And then the the president trying to use OSHA to weaponize OSHA so that it does this mandates with employers over, with employers that have more than 100 employees having the vaccine mandates and such. And all these companies pushing back. And then you saw the fifth the Fifth Circuit come out and say, no, no, no. And then they appealed it and they said, no, no, no. They upheld it. It's just not you just can't do these things. And so people are saying, hey, here we are. But the Biden administration, what do they do? They dig in. They actually say you need to put pressure on your employers and do this even more. So they're encouraging this bad behavior and people are tired of it. Again, we get to a situation here in the United States of America where we have the greatest country in the world, and people like this thing called freedom. When you share the word liberty with people, what you're really saying is you matter. You're independent. You have this individual dynamic. You have freedoms here. Follow the law. Do what you possibly can to have the best outcome. And if you do work hard, you can be rewarded. And instead of condemning you for having success, we're going to celebrate it. We come from the back the break. We'll wrap it up and we'll shake it up. But it's your time to dig in and do what you possibly can to have the best outcome for this country. Again, it's our duty. It's our responsibility to hold people accountable. This administration is feeling that accountability today. And thank God for America. I'll be right back after the break. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Robert Graham, and we're wrapping up the day. Hey, so Bill and I were just talking at the break here, and... I've got a concept that I've been working out and writing a little bit about, and it's this whole notion of follow the line. Okay, so here's the deal. When people put information in front of you, like Adam Schiff had this steel dossier put in front of him, and he didn't take the time to go dig in, right? He just stared at the words on the page, and he figured, oh, my gosh, it's credible. I need to just follow this, and I... I hate Donald Trump so much, I'm going to try to just wreck this guy with this information and all this Russian influence. And then what came of it? Nothing, right? The Mueller investigation came out, nothing. All this stuff comes out, nothing. There's nothing material to make you ever suggest that this influence existed. He couldn't prove it, couldn't even talk about it. But even today, what Chuck Dottie says, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't regret it. You know, it just took us years to find out that their chief source was... Lying about it. Why in the world would you put it put it in front of the American people 
and cost taxpayers millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars doing this if you couldn't even legitimize the one source of information that you had. Okay, so it's the same thing when we talk about voting and consumerism. Hey, is your neighbor, who are they voting for? Well, it's not enough just to ask who you're voting for. Why are they voting for those individuals? Okay, you have to dig in. Don't, you know what? I work every day in this world of trying to position information to get people to consume products and services. And voting is a consumer behavior. They are going to align information in front of you to get you to follow the line to cast the vote, right, for the individuals. It's your duty to understand what that line looks like. Should you erase the line and start over? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know if you know this, but if you take a chicken and you push its head to the ground, you put its beak to the ground, live chicken, and you draw a straight line out from its beak in the dirt, you can let go of the chicken and it will lay there and stare at that line. Okay? We behave in similar ways when we start talking about consumption of information and things like that. Diversify the way you think. It's okay to read a little bit of left stuff, even if it makes you sick and listen to it a little bit. Understand perspective, and it will help you on this journey. Look, we have the greatest opportunity right now in this next election to take back the House and to increase our majority in the Senate. I believe it's going to happen. Uh, there's all these articles right now that the media started to pump saying Republicans are overconfident that it's not going to happen. The reality is they're starting their campaign to get you to follow that line to doubt it so you won't talk about it. The reality is we have the best principles and values to govern, conservatives do. Those conservative governing and uh, governing values and principles are essential to maintain the freedom and the liberties we enjoy as a nation. Again, it is uh, the American people, I believe there's a resilience, and I believe that we're smart. And they've been duped, and people are coming back to the center to make it happen and to change things going forward. This is Robert Graham. You've been listening to 960 The Patriot. I am happy to sit in for my good friend Seth. I wish you a blessed evening and a safe evening. God bless America. God bless Arizona. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.